Our color co-host. Yeah, we're, we're reporting live from the basement. He's almost as colorful as his ugly sweater. I'm colorblind. Tommy, we got a huge, huge voicemail huge. show today. Huge. Without further ado, let's hop in to the callers because we believe everybody's got a rugby voice. We want to hear you call into the show. Tommy, what's the number? 720-259-8825 or... 720-259-TUCK. First caller. Hey. Hey, it's Ben Finkelman. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, there was a big push by the players on social media for this new players union for the uh, MLR. It seemed pretty fired up about it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Uh, apparently there was some overwhelming vote where an overwhelming majority of the MLR players wanted to be part of the union. It just hasn't happened, so. Uh, where do you see that going? What do you think's going on there? Ben, appreciate the call. Uh, as most of you know, Ben Pinkelman, USA Sevens stud, breakdown stud, if we're being specific. Uh, but he wants to know, Tommy, what is going on with this recent online push for an established players union in the United States for the majority of players who play for the MLR? What have you heard? Well, you know, Brendan, we were talking about this earlier, and I had a a little bit of a conspiracy and it and you seem to have shut it down but these players want to get paid and i thought maybe the owners wanted to play ball wanted to be a little bit more moderate well i love instead how of being so far to one side i love how innocent and naive and sweet you are <laughs> uh, but the reality is the owners are burning capital every year to keep this thing going the last thing they want to do is have a collective bargaining agreement or an obligation to collectively bargain with the players now i get where the owners are coming from however their main draw to get fans there is putting a good product on the field and that means having good players who are looked after and looked out for and quite frankly the fact that the owner group hasn't come forward to make this happen with the player group it's disappointing um you know because the players want to establish a relationship with the mlr and and you know look after their own and continue to play rugby and that's Um, what's going to be the solution long term right yeah but it sounds like the owners aren't playing ball right now um so who knows what's going to happen i do think covid has created a certain unique atmosphere where because there is no rugby, the players actually have a really good moment right now to put pressure on ownership and say, listen, we're here. We want to bargain with you. Come to the table. 
uh, because as you know, with most unions that kind of push against management, when there's pressure put back on you, when starting jobs are on the line, let's say we're playing games right now is week 12, would a player be as inclined to come out and, and speak for right. establishing a collective bargaining when a starting spots on the line? Probably not. So COVID has created a unique environment where the players can speak out and, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, Tommy. The owners are doing a good thing by pissing their money away every year and making the MLR happen. But I'm always going to be player first here. I can't see the sport growing sustainably if you constantly have a player-owner clash. If there's not some sort of middle ground. If you don't come and collectively bargain with each other, how can you have a fortuitous relationship down the road? Right. You need to have a mutual relationship. So we'll see, Pink. I appreciate the call. And um, yeah, I hope the owners come to the table. And I hope every single rugby player, whether you're in high school or college, understands that the players who are, in a way, putting their neck out right now, kind of speaking to their bosses and asking for certain things, the players who are leading this charge, Nate Osberger, Shalom Suniola, and others, they're doing a good thing for the young players right now. They're trailblazing. And the high schooler who may blow up and find himself in a position to negotiate down the line is going to do so much better with a players union backing him than out on his own in the world, you know, going up against an owner who has money to spend. So out on his own in the world with like what? $30,000 maybe. Yeah. We we all know what the standard MLR contract is and yeah, we hope the players can get representation and we hope those talks can start happening. But Tommy, we'll get back to your draft conspiracies later in the show. I appreciate conspiracy theories going on here. Next caller. Brian's going a mile a minute. Mile an hour. This is uh, Willie Willie Grab a Diddy. Uh, got uh, two questions for you here. Uh, first, uh, you know, hope everyone's staying uh, safe and well through this COVID crisis. First question, um, you know, with the uh, Colorado Raptors or whatever they're called now, withdrawing from the uh, MLR, what do you think season two looks like and which teams will be competing? And uh, second question, do you think we're going to see some test rugby before the end of the calendar year? Hope all is well. Well, uh, Mr. Grabatitty, I think we got some good questions there. Um, Brendan, what do you think? Well, let's start with the dear to our heart Colorado Raptors. Uh, They did withdraw, but whispers in Denver say that this won't be the last team to play in Infinity Park. Something's going to happen. We don't know what it is yet. But, uh, Mr. Grabatitti, we appreciate the call. And I know you're dying right now in COVID with no live rugby to watch, but it's going to happen. Well, is it whispers, Brendan, uh, BT? I mean, the Mayor, uh, Mayor Mike has, has said quite openly that there will be rugby in Infinity. Okay, we I don't agree know, with that. But he, had, he wasn't specific about what rugby is going to be played there, you know? I agree, and, and Mike's right in saying that because they should be plugging and playing club teams in that big stadium. If there's not going to be an MLR team, they sure as hell should try their hardest to make sure that it's getting utilized at some level. Yeah. Even if you have to have a bare-bones staff run it, COVID has taught us that every operation can change and become thinner or become more agile and different adapt exactly and we know going back to the doug schoeninger days that 
Doug didn't like the price of the production at Infinity Park, and he was battling with them from day one. And in the opening game, they didn't even have the game filmed. It was ridiculous. I mean, th there was some film taken, but they didn't have the sideline cameras or the monitor working because Infinity Park charges a premium, and they want their production crew running the show. So we'll see. I hope they can see the value in just allowing club teams to play in there with no cameras or nothing just because it's a it's a big stadium and it's a field that deserves to get used but yeah. i imagine if things start cranking too we will see rugby town sevens down the line i have a question for you that i just kind of thought of you don't have to call in apparently right you just be on the show what's your question do you think i got a question for you first time long time bt do you think that rugby town could happen even if it's not in August. It could happen in like later on, oh, October. Yeah. And how nice would that be to not be playing in ninety-five degree heat? Right. Uh, For a sack town. Yeah, I think what we know now is like the global rugby calendar transitioning into the test matches that Mister uh, Willie was asking about. We don't know when things are going to happen. If you think that these games are going to line up in these narrow windows that have been pre-plotted, you're wrong. I think unions will try and put on as many events as they can do that might have a chance of being profitable. I mean, for the most part, we've seen that Eagles test matches aren't usually profitable. Um, we did sell out Infinity Park last summer. Shout out. But, Tommy, Hong Kong Sevens has been or postponed until October I don't know if these matches are going to happen in any random order or there's going to be any actual structure to the table. But right. I think we're going to see Six Nations rugby in Europe in the fall. We'll see some version of the November test window. But the summer is still TBD. Right. It's just so rare to see club sevens happen outside of the summer months, you know. So, but going back to the theme of adaptation, you know. Anything could happen. Yeah. Um, appreciate the call. Who do we got next on the line? Hey, guys. Uh, this is Frankie Ruggs uh, calling from Houston. Uh, go Cats go, what did I say? Uh, love the pod. Uh, just calling in because, uh, you know, unfortunately we don't have any, any action going on on the pitch these days. But uh, that brings me to a question kind of. More about what's going on in the stands, uh, you know, on the sidelines, if you will. Uh, want to see who y'all think are some of the top uh, mascots in uh, the MLR. Uh, you know, I might be a little biased, but I'm, I'm going to say uh, Scratch down here for the Sabercats is uh, it's right up there at the top. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get y'all's take. Uh, all right, I'll uh, hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Frankie Ruggs. Go Cats go, as you said. Meet me up in the uh, the cat den for drinks. If you know, you know. <laughs> Down at Aviva. Uh, but appreciate the call. Tommy, he must have listened to our West preview where we we're, mm -hmm. were hammering out some of the best potential mascots. Uh, but the fact is, Houston, they introduced Scratch early to the game. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. well, any, anybody who's been to Aviva knows Scratch's great great grandfather. Mm -hmm. His his bones are actually immortalized there in a statue. There's an old saber tooth fossil uh, upon entry. 
So Frankie Ruggs, appreciate the call. Um, you might be on to something here with Scratch. I will say, I don't know if I've actually met the mascot himself, but the reigning champs, Seattle Seawolves, you know, together we hunt. Well, the, you the know, orca if, if we're pack. going by hashtags, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah whatever. But they got a pretty badass dick fish. Yeah. <laughs> if you're saying dick fish, I completely agree. 100% the best. But the fact is that they're the Sea Wolves and their color scheme is the same as the Seahawks. It's not original. Friendly. Okay. All right. All right. Here's you... the thing. If we're going by originality, which is something that I hold like very dear and close to the heart. Who you got? The Gilbronies. And I don't care what anybody says. I'm going out on a limb. People hate it. People love it. I love the Gilgronis. Tommy, we actually never got the follow-up. It was a big marketing play, right? A Gilgroni is a Texas-sized cocktail. Right. Uh, excuse me, Austin Ownership, can we actually hear what the Texas-sized cocktail has? I mean, how are we supposed to enjoy a Gilgroni <laughs> if it's only a fictitious item it's a... In, in our head? So maybe when they make the Gilgroni, we can make a mascot that like looks like yeah. a drink. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a mug of beer or something. Like, you literally walk around as a Gilgron. Yeah. Who knows? Go AGs. Go AGs. Do what teams actually have a mascot walking around the stadiums? I I would be a bad uh, season ticket holder if I didn't give some credit to Rudy the Raptor. Yeah. Um, You know, he puts his heart. I have seen Rudy walking around. He puts his heart and soul out there, man. And and getting kid involvement is like what mascots do. Right. You got to be on one, but you also got to have good uh, nonverbal skills. Like, I'm not seeing any Rooney Roosters walking around the stadium. But but I've never also been. They also did not, were not able to host a game in 2020. That's what I was about to say. Right. So uh, (laughs) I was about to defend myself. Appreciate the call, Frankie Ruggs. This is uh, Tommy Andrews here, uh, calling from uh, Washington, D.C. You know, a uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Really excited to be calling into the show here. Um, you know, given given all the uh, controversy surrounding the uh, latest world rugby uh, elections, you know, um, seeing that New Zealand is now doing a New Zealand-only competition for uh, Super Rugby, uh, what, what do you think the future of uh, Southern Hemisphere uh, professional rugby is going to look like now nah, you're right below the test level. Uh, thanks again, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Tommy Andrews, appreciate the call. Uh, Tommy, no picks. Mr. Andrews brought up a couple good points. Right. Let's talk about the election. For those that don't know, the World Rugby Chair was available for election. And traditionally, the English old coats that always run the show and have been running the show for hundreds of years... They run on a post. Uh, they dictate how World Rugby spends its money, how it sets up its matches. So along comes this firecracker, Augustine Pichot, ex-player, stud for the Pumas. Gus. Gus. We call him Gus here in the Americas. And Gus starts speaking up for the little man. And uh, he keeps talking about tier two countries. What about us? You know? What about us, says what about Gus. Us? What about us? Says Gus. <laughs> And he campaigns against the guy who he served as his vice chairman, Bill Boomer Beaumont, a.k.a. the dinosaur. A.k.a. Um, Boomer. I just feel bad for Gus Pichot. I, I'm obviously pro Pichot. He did not win the election. Um, the old coats won. Europe voted as a block, and they decided to cough up to England and France, who have the money. But I'm disappointed, Tommy, because Gus Pichot 
put so many good ideas on the table. He has made so many things happen. Argentina has moved into the rugby championship, what was the old Tri-Nations. The Jaguares are a professional team in Buenos Aires. Now, our caller, Andrews, he asks, what is the future of Southern Hemisphere rugby? And sadly, because these countries just produce so much talent, but they have small markets, yeah. I think the Southern Hemisphere will continue to suffer because the Super Rugby will operate as a diminished version of what we know it to be. I don't think South Africa is going to be in the fold for long. Mm. They see money in Europe, and they're going to stick with that. Yeah. So we'll see trans-Tasman competitions Australian teams will play New Zealand teams for now New Zealand has announced they're just going to do a five-way New Zealand comp which is great because they just play such good rugby so it'll be so good to see those highlights but it's interesting man I really wish that Canada voted for Gus P show some important countries right Uh, and I might add to the sketchiness of this Tommy I know I'm on a rant right now the COVID thing yeah how dare you push this election through when nobody can travel and you know, credit to Gus P. Show for taking the high road. You know, he's out there trying to put his businesses in line last minute when COVID's happening. And then right. they're like, okay, we're proceeding with the vote, which, by the way, is private, under cloak and dagger, no transparency at all. If we've learned anything in USA Rugby, a lack of transparency results in bankruptcies right. over and over and over. So, you know, Bill Boomer Beaumont, if I meet you one day, I will shake your hand and I just want you to do what's best for world rugby, but I still think you're a dinosaur. I still think that England has this old grip on world rugby, which is crazy because let's be honest, like they got trashed by South Africa in the final. <laughs> That's a cheap shot. Either way, Tommy, I worry about the future of Southern Hemisphere Rugby because I think it's the best talent in the world, but I think they'll continually go to Japanese Top League, French League, and the English Premier League because that's where the money is. We are still a Tier 2 nation. We're still a Tier 2 nation, whether we like it or not, but we need the opportunity to play the big countries on a consistent level. We need the opportunity to have our players released from a French contract to come play an ARC game. You know, we, we need pathways, and that's what Gus Pichot preaches, is like create pathways for all these countries. So yeah. if the old block in Europe is going to learn anything from Pichot's manifesto and, and what he ran on, it's like the little guy matters. And if you want to be a global thing like football, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> like if you want to create a global game that every kid just wants to get his hand on the ball, if you want that to be rugby, you have to open it up outside of Europe. Yep, yep. And I just hate the high ball freaking kicking back and forth, too. Oh, I love being... Southern Hemisphere rugby, too. Oh, so, honest, like, it's just natural for me to want to go with Gus. But, and also, Gus just, like, kind of just, like, backed out, right? After, the day after he lost the election. Thanks for the call, Tommy Andrews from D.C. Next caller. Let's hear what we got. This is Taylor Howden. I'm on a long drive from Houston to Cleveland, and um, I've got a couple of questions. Um, my first one is, with uh, the current global pandemic uh, hurting rugby around the world, I'd like to know what Logan Collins is doing to stay in shape, uh, keep himself in top nick. And then the second question I have is, there's a, there's a bit of buzz around Ben Finkelman's Instagram and playing again for the Barbos. So my question is, 
if Pinkelman does play for the Barbo Sevens again, is Logan going to come and play for the Barbo Sevens? And if he does, what's Logan's playing style going to be like in the 2027 season or 2021-7 season? All, all good. Thanks very much. Phenomenal call, Taylor Howden. Appreciate the call, Tails. Uh, for those who don't know, Taylor Howden's a staple in USA rugby. Always has been, always will be. Um, but he wants to know, first off, what is Logan Collins doing to keep in shape in the pandemic? Uh, not just in shape, in top nick. And I can tell you right now, there are whispers, rumors, uh, that Logan has acquired, if I'm going to use a transactional term, <laughs> A new young puppy. Yeah, very so, cute young puppy. A cute young pup. From and, Snapchat. Um, Taylor, I can just tell you, this puppy's got him doing things that I never thought he'd do. Wake up on time. Care about somebody else for once. It's really, <laughs> it's really nice. And uh, he seems to be staying fit with just the walks alone. The second question was about the buzz around Pinky's Instagram, which shout out to Ben Pinkelman. He's getting hot on the uh, social media radar right now, putting out some great posts. Check him out, at Ben Pinkelman. That's right, he's the guy with the blue check. If he was playing for the Barbos, is the question, would Logan Collins come and play? And if he does, what would Logan Collins' playing style be like for the 2021 season? Taylor, all I can tell you is Logan has and always will have a swerve. It's not a step, it's a swerve. Appreciate the call, Taylor. We'll give you as many Logan Collins updates as you need. He will be the four to Pinkelman's five. All right, Tommy, you wanted to rant on the draft. Here we go. Ben Pinkelman again. I just need to get your thoughts on the MLR draft. What's going on there? You think that's going to work? You think they're good? You think people are going to move across country to go make uh, maybe 30K? I don't know. Seems interesting to me. Uh, hopefully it'll work out. It's kind of, kind of cool concepts. Uh, just let me know your thoughts. Want to hear from you, Rugby Pickle? Well, thank you, Pinkley. Yeah, well, it is a cool concept. Yeah. What you, you think, PT? But it sounds like uh, Ben's kind of got this whole thing under wraps. I mean, by under wraps, you mean he's on to him, right? Because this thing stinks. It sucks. I hate it. I mean, I, I was saying it, it has it. an odor to it. it I don't. It quite like literally it. stinks. I can smell it from here. It punishes the pal player who did it right and played four years at Cal and and promoted his name and actually got attention to say I'm a good player. Yeah. Um, if anybody has read Alex Reese's piece from Flow Rugby, piece. Yeah, there's a <laughs> Reese's pieces. Um, <laughs> I've never met the guy, but he nailed it. He he just nailed it right on the head with how unfair this thing is. And how much it punishes mm -hmm. young players out of college. Basically takes their ability to choose where they want to play across the country. And again, negotiate fairly, as we've been talking before, with the players union. Um, this draft thing, I don't know if it's Killebrew's attempt to make the league look like the blue chip leagues of in the NFL. America. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it's a move towards the NFL or the NBA. I get the excitement, but understand how unfair it is to just tell a kid out of college, hey, the Utah Warriors selected you. We understand that you're from rural Georgia, but we want you to relocate to Salt Lake City and we want you to make 30 grand a year and put your heart and soul into it. Of course, this kid would probably kill to go and earn the spot to get a cap for the Warriors. But does that mean he should be forced 
into a one-sided negotiation just because he excelled in college and popped off the charts and had the, the scouting teams look at him. Why should you get punished for doing it right the collegiate way? Any yeah. person who just transfers in as a 22-year-old doesn't have to go under those rules. It makes it makes me agree with the Colorado Raptors' decision, right? Like they they are for American rugby, right? And 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 having this no contest of teams vying for college talent, right? You're just gonna pay them. It's it's for the owners, right? And it goes back to a few questions ago. What we were talking about with that. Do you want to give the owners unlimited power or do the players have the right to negotiate collectively as a whole for certain standards? But this is the individualist question, right? right? Should a certain player be forced to negotiate with one team when they might have grown up on the East Coast and they'd rather stay closer to home? Yeah. It Well, it, and it goes back to my conspiracy. Like, I thought... The owners would want to be more moderate, and I thought it would be better for the league, but that's just me. Here's the thing. They want to piss away the least amount of money that they can, and it makes sense for them, but it's not the best thing for the league, and that's what I'm going to say about that. They're going to continue to plow on and and do it because the college kids are thirsty to like get a contract, but it just kind of sucks. The draft is just kind of a way of, of taking the power out of the hot 22-year-old, right, who's coming out with the smallest amount of leverage. They just yep. want to bludgeon that leverage. But appreciate the call, Pink. Players podcast. Thank Next you. caller. Hey, guys. This is Jody from Detroit, and I'm really missing watching rugby. But I wanted to know, who do you think has the best legs out of all the rugby players you know? I know a lot of good legs. There's a lot of good legs up. There's actually a player I used to play with from ECU, East Carolina University, whose nickname, I mean, I'm sure you you know a lot of good rugby nicknames, but his nickname was Legs. Six, seven. What's his name? John Bib Tate the fourth. <laughs> I'll send him the link to this podcast. He'll love it. Who has the best legs in rugby, Tommy? On a grand scale, I got to think wingers right off the bat in general. My brain is going to wingers because they are like galloping gazelles and antelopes. Right. Um, It depends on what you hold in high priority, right? That's true. Now, a name comes up for me because he's one of my favorite wingers he has a finishing style that is so finesse based it has like almost no power to it at all rico yawani mm-hmm. great legs rico i think that's the name of logan's new puppy from a few questions back anyways you're a well-sourced guy i love rico and his legs and his name you love his legs but there's another winger who's got a gallop and some phenomenal legs an Irishman named Jacob Stockdale. Great legs. Yeah. Either way, love the call. I mean, love every rugby legs. player has great legs. And, and uh, I'll stick by that. 
are we accounting for the front row? What I was saying earlier, it depends on what you hold in high priority. If you like some thick legs, you like some thick legs. Okay. Front row legs can be nice if you like that. All right. right? If that That's floats, the great thing about rugby. If that floats your boat, then the boat will float. That was an amazing voicemail show. We want you to keep calling the hotline. Tommy, what's the number? 720-259-8825. Or 720-259-TALK. Talk. Before you go, support Ben Pinkelman, who called into the show. Support Taylor Howden, who called into the show. Go to Instagram. Go on USA Rugby Players. Find their message. If you're a young player right now, you will reap rewards in the future because of this group that is putting their neck out there right now to lay the path for you. Again, USA Rugby Players on Instagram. Can't miss it. They have a great message. All they want the MLR owners to do is come to the table, and that's what we want to see. Tommy, you got any last words? I mean, hey, keep calling in the numbers. We love the voicemails, and uh, we love you guys. So keep calling in. We love it. Take them. Brian's going a mile a minute. Mile an hour. He's almost as colorful as his ugly sweater. I'm colorblind. Become more agile and different. Adapt. Frankie Ruggs, uh, Colin from Houston. Go Cats go. Love the pod. Uh, just calling in because... Uh, Alright, I'll uh, hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. I have a question for you that I just kind of thought of. You don't have to call in, apparently. Right. Just be on the show. What's your question? Do you think... I got a question for you. First time, long time, BT. <laughs> if you're saying dick fish, very dear and close to the heart, we got the Gilbronies. Yeah, hey there. This is it. Keith Sorkin. I was wondering, who do you think's going to win the Mike Tyson fight versus Sonny Bill Williams? And what do you think it would be by the judge's scorecard to buy? Interesting. Are we just doing a fake fight here? Well, first of all, this this fight is never going to happen. But if it does happen, if the fight lasts longer than two and a half rounds, Sonny Bill's taking it. Mike Tyson could win in the first two and a half rounds, though, because seeing these clips. I believe what Keith was asking is who would win the fight, modern-day Mike Tyson or modern-day Sonny Bill? Like, to to this day? Yeah. Have you seen these clips of Mike Tyson? I've seen them, but it's hard for me He's to imagine. 50, what, how old is he? It's hard for me to imagine, too, but it's some scary stuff seeing that. Anyway, but the fight's never going to happen. Give me Sonny Bell in nine rounds. Yeah, if it lasts nine rounds, Sonny Bell for sure. Thanks, Keith. We'll see what happens. So, uh, <laughs> I was about to defend myself. John Bibb Tate the fourth. Just let me know your thoughts. We're here for you, Rugby Pickle. Very so, cute young puppy. Cute young pup. From Snapchat. Well, and 
Here's the thing. Oh, shit, I had something. Sit on. I can't remember. I had some good point, but it was like a few minutes back. Anyway. Yeah. What about us? Says Gus. Guru here. Uh, not a question, really, but uh, I call it a, a serious statement. You see, I listened to last week's episode of uh, Rugby Pick'em, which is a, a bit of holier-than-now righteous condescension. Uh, take a look-see. Uh, I'm a libertarian who knows he's right. And I thought your pick of movies last week flew complete at her. A gay rugby player stares in the space for three quarters of the second movie, and your review gives it a 10 for cinematography and a 9.5 for plot? Have you thought it's been quarantined for too long? Peace, Marion Joseph. If you want to see an award-winning rock opera written by Scarlowe Trains entitled The Fullback Malls, I Ruck You, is a poignant tale, an absolutely poignant tale. It's rumored to be autobiographical as well as a sleek, strappingly handsome fullback. His uh, heterosexual love affairs with uh, numerous props from visiting squads of lady ruggers who fall under his spell. Uh, i got to tell you that the cinematography is a pure phenom, uh, although some may object to the, uh, some of the graphic scenes and unusual screeching. But uh, I must state that the music receives a 10 as well. It's uh, led by Louis Prima and Gene Krupa tunes, and, uh, and played in a timely fashion, uh, the love scenes are dominated by the props. And the score is always uh, Drum Boogie by Gene Krupa. It's a 15-minute orgy of, uh, of just drum kind of crescendo. So if you guys want to wake up and get alive, listen and go watch a little Scarlowe's uh, Scarlowe's uh, uh, cinematography, his, his artistry, his pick of really important music. And, uh, and I think you guys need to set up a bar or something where you stand six feet apart and have a few drinks because uh, I don't want to say it to you young whippersnappers, but they seem to be losing it. So uh, the guru's out here. Ben Finkelman again. I heard Logan Collins got a dog. Has he just given up on women, or and is this the first step towards the cat? What's going on there? Let me know your thoughts. Know your role.